Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, Genius Leader. Today, it is a quite special episode for two reasons, and you'll understand them <laughs> during the conversation or my conversation with you. So it's a solo episode where I want to summarize the summer project that I have been doing, sponsored by Ranis with a student, Maria Alva, who has been on the show uh, three times over the summer. And then I will update you on some things regarding the podcast, how it's continuing in the nearest future. So let's first talk about the summer project. If you are a regular listener of the show, you know that uh, over the summer I've been doing a project with one student from the Reykjavik University, and we were looking into the ways to support the local founders and entrepreneurs. So looking into the good practices or the best practices from abroad and from my work with international clients and international communities, and then thinking how to apply that to the local context, given that Iceland is quite a special country with a special culture. I wanted to explore what could be the ways to improve that. So with Maria, we recorded episodes, not for every sprint or kind of our sprints got a bit longer than two weeks, especially in the middle of the summer because of the vacations here. Things were going slower with response from people. But uh, we have been keeping you updated on, on the progress. And just it was a good way for us to summarize our findings, our thoughts, reflections, experiences. But then we never recorded the final episode. And I do want to provide that one, given that this is something we promised in the final report to Ranis that sponsored the whole project, but also for myself to close that chapter. And I'm alone for this because we planned to record it with Maria and then some absolute shit show happened. So part on my side was that the tech didn't work on my side. That morning, my headphones broke and I absolutely didn't have time to provide some others. And I wanted to prevent um, the tech problems, yet I didn't manage to. I didn't realize actually that we would have feedback uh, since neither me or Maria were using the headphones and we were planning to report uh, to record it digitally. Yet uh, the main part of the shit show happened in Maria's reaction to that. And just to be clear, I'm giving you a lot, slight context to the situation, but mostly what I'll go into is my learnings from that process of the whole summer project from the leadership perspective, from communication perspective, and the human perspective. So I want to be very mindful that Maria is not here, so you're hearing only my side of the story, and uh, I'm sure that she has a lot to say on her side, but she refused to continue that conversation. So that happened a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted, since I didn't need to align the schedules anymore, I wanted to wait a bit to have more things to update you on on the practical side of the project. So let's go into that first. We discussed towards the end of the project that we want to get more conversation about founder 
mental fitness, about the personal journey of founders going through building the businesses into education. And because of that, we started talking to the universities about what they have already, especially the entrepreneurship and or business programs. And then we also met with the CEO of Clark, which is the local, quite a big player in the startup ecosystem. Clark is doing several startup accelerators and have mentorship programs for startup founders who get some of the government funding, uh, some grants from government. So we discussed with them. They already had quite some things to talk about the personal journey of a founder, which made me very happy and uh, excited about uh, getting into that ecosystem. So that's first of it I would like to make is that I'm now part of the, their Venturing Mentoring Services, which is a program where various mentors team up and are matched with uh, local startups from the Clark ecosystem. And we are mentoring the startup as a team of mentors. So last week, I had my first meeting with my team uh, of mentors and the startup where follow and guide through their journey. It's a fascinating process. It's very interesting dynamic to, to do it together with other mentors. I have been mentoring for several years now, but it's always been one-to-one with the startup mentor, uh, startup founders. So here it's a different dynamic and it was really cool. We're four mentors, three co-founders in the room. And that's a fascinating journey to go through. So that's the first thing that um, kind of came out of the summer project for me. I'm now part of that ecosystem and uh, I want to contribute to that and bring whatever I can to the table and to hopefully somehow improve the founder's journey uh, while they're building something great. I am also in discussion with uh, two different departments in the, the University of Reykjavik. First, the person who is responsible for the uh, entrepreneurship course that uh, we discussed with Maria on the podcast. It's a three-week course that all the bachelor students of the first year have to go through, where they need to basically go through the ideation process and uh, in the end pitch their their idea. And uh, as we discussed, Maria has been going through that process herself this year in May or April, May, and um, they didn't have any information about the founder burnout, the personal toll of building a business. And um, this is what we're changing. So hopefully this spring 2024 will have a series of conversations or be more mindful of uh, how we ask our mentors to have conversations with the teams to really normalize the conversation about the, the challenges on the personal level that are associated with the founder journey or entrepreneurship journey. And then also in two weeks, I'm having a meeting with the business department and the same university because they're building a whole series of courses on personal development for the students who who are going through their programs. So it will be great to see what they have already done and planned. If I remember correctly, they're running their first course now during the autumn. And then for the spring, it's the second course. So we'll see whether I can somehow contribute there, bring some insights, or maybe help them build the curriculum or deliver it, whatever it will be. So this is another thing. And then I'll also reach out to the other two universities that we've talked to, uh, Bifrost and um, the University of Iceland. No replies there, but I will be following up to see what we could do there, whether they need any support, they need any input, um, whatever it is, or they already have... uh, the well-being and fitness of founders integrated into their curriculum. 
So hopefully we'll start moving and shaking some things in the education system with this. And I feel positive about that. Now let's go back to the situation with Maria. As I said, the things exploded because of the tech issue on my side in the call. Yet it was clear that that was just the last drop in things. What I understood from Maria that she was very stressed about the exam that she was preparing for, which she did not inform me when we were scheduling the interview. And um, apparently there were things during the summer in our collaboration that could have worked better. And I want to talk about those in the perspective of my learnings. First, let's roll all the way back to when I was um, looking for students and interviewing people. I want to admit that I caught myself on some kind of ageism when uh, I saw Maria's application because I thought, okay, I'm trying to provide an opportunity to learn or get some kind of more real life experience uh, for students. And here is a student who is older than me, who could in fact be my mother by age difference. And um, I just felt like, okay, if I choose her, because I thought from her profile, she ticked a lot of boxes with the experience that would be valuable for the project. But then I thought, okay, but if I take her instead of some two younger uh, students who might not have her experience, I am kind of stealing this opportunity from two younger students to get the experience. But then I realized that, hey, this is a person who went back to the university from her comfortable life and is willing to learn more. So I thought this is unfair to discriminate her based on her age. And I'm just sharing that to show you that discrimination can be very different. And ageism is unfortunately part of our biases both ways. Sometimes we think someone is too young. I'm quite often getting that comment of, aren't you too young to work with, uh, with real leaders? And I just need to smile because I, in my mental picture, have clients who are around 50 and really appreciate our conversations and uh, stay in touch with me long after we have finished our collaboration and so on and so forth. So no, you're not too young to ask good questions, like in my case of mind shifting. And no, you're not too old to go to the university and do summer projects like Maria did with me. So this is something that I just really wanted to share. Be aware of your biases. Be aware of what kind of stamps you put on people and what kind of decisions you take based on those stamps, because that really can affect how we lead others. Then the other thing that I felt throughout the summer was that there was some kind of annoyance and irritation maybe, or some kind of distance from Maria. And um, now looking back at that, yeah, sure, there were some things that could have worked better on my side. What I could definitely do better as manager of the project and as a leader is to check in with her more often. Why I did not do that? Partially, I felt like Maria was quite an open person and I somehow expected that she would speak up if there was something that was bothering her. So learning here, never assume things, better to ask one thing one time too many. And um, secondly, I was reflecting that I probably felt less motivated to build and maintain a very good, healthy relationship because this was a project for three months. And I thought, okay, maybe I don't need to take as good care of establishing some, I don't know, development plan for Maria as my uh, collaborator here or whatever it is. And that made me think a lot about what... Um, 
one of my guests, Jeremy Blaine, was uh, talking about a couple of months ago, how many workplaces are getting more and more contractors through the gig economy in any shape or form, and how we need to preserve culture or define culture within this, this context of having many people who are uh, temporary workers within our organization. So how can we as leaders set the mindset in the right way that we don't neglect the very important part of our organizations that is people who are temporary workers or contractors and we should never underestimate their importance for the culture, for the well-being of our organization and our teams. So that got me thinking a lot uh, that I was blind to that in my case with Maria. I did neglect that part of um, maintaining or building, first and foremost, good, good culture between the two of us and uh, bringing that collaboration to maybe the most optimal way. Would it have been worth it for the sake of these three months? I don't know. Could we have ended the project on a better note with each other personally? I have no clue. But it's definitely something that I've taken as a learning for myself as a leader for the future. That I want to be mindful of the importance of every person who is contributing to my work, my as a company, <laughs> and uh, to the work of the teams that I ever touch or anyhow work with. I really want to be mindful that every person brings something. Even if they're, they're temporary, they are part of the culture and we can ignore it and mess up with it like I kind of did this summer. Or we can be mindful of that and intentional with that and actually make it work in a good way, both for these people and long-term for the organization and the employees who stay once these people are gone. So this was the other learning that I wanted to share with you from this summer project on the leadership perspective. Third thing that I want to emphasize here is something that I apply quite a lot in some of my relationships, but apparently don't do universally in my life, is talking one time too many. And by talking, I mean having a dialogue, communicating with each other. So for me, quite often it is more about asking the questions or sharing how I feel. So it's always better to do it one time too many than one time too few. Or maybe in this case, it was several times too few. And that grew that irritation and, and Maria and uh, annoyance. Am I taking the blame on myself? No. It's not like I'm saying I did everything wrong over those three, su three summer months and Maria was perfect. And yeah, I just, I just need to take the whole blame. No, it takes two to tango and communication is the same. So especially with a person who is older than me I and who has fantastic life experiences, long life of uh, lots of um, different initiatives that she's taken, company that she's built or whatever, we both messed that part up. Not checking in with each other often enough about how it works and um, how we feel about what, what's going on with the project, what's going on in the dynamic between the two of us. And this is something that I really want to be true to myself with and walk my talk. It's better to talk one time too many, as in check in with the other person, talk about how you feel. I definitely do it in my personal relationships with people who matter to me most. And I do want to apply it to people who trust me with their time, effort, energy, like Maria did during the summer. So just to summarize that part, the 
project itself has given good results. We had a lot of conversations that gave us insights, but also helped our interviewees reflect on their experiences and the culture with the well-being here. We have created a couple of outlets in which we hopefully improve the situation regarding conversation about the personal toll of entrepreneurship. And I'll make sure that those happen as much as I can influence. Uh, on a personal level, I do have quite some experiences for myself that I will take and um, I have reflected on and I'm taking as learnings. Now let's go to the other part of this episode, which is updates on what the show will be about in the next couple of months. So in the end of summer, I shared that because of the burnout in the summer and um, re-evaluation of a lot of things in my business and life, I uh, gave myself two months to continue with the podcast and then see how it's going, whether I'm resourceful enough to do it and so on and so forth. And the answer is yes and no. I am resourceful, but no, I'm not resourceful enough. And that means that I do want to pause the podcast with the new episodes until the end of the year. So for the rest of the year after this episode, you will be receiving a replays of the older solo episodes. So I, I have reviewed the episodes that have been most impactful. So based on the number of downloads and streams, and also on the comments that I have received from some of you after you have listened. So I'll take those episodes and we'll restream them every week as usual on Wednesday. I still haven't decided, maybe I even do a couple of the bonus ones because when I was going through the podcast uh, list, I was like, oh, I forgot about this topic. Oh, this sounds really good. I, was, I got really excited about my own podcasts. <laughs> and um, if you are new to the show, we have over 150 episodes by now. I have been consistent with posting since the beginning of it, which was almost three years ago in January, it will be three years of the podcast. So there is a lot of knowledge to tap into there. And I want to bring the episodes that um, can be the most impactful for you. And what I'm also doing is planning them so that the closer you come to the end of the year, the more reflective they should be about, about planning your next year. So what I want you to focus on is not think, oh, yeah, I've listened to all the episodes before, so I don't need to listen till the end of the year. Believe me. Lots of these things will be very good reminders for you and repetition for you. Most probably you will hear it with the new ears. You will hear it from a different perspective. So re-listen to the episodes, even if you have listened to them before. Revisit them. Redo the exercise if there is an exercise offered. Re-reflect if there is some kind of reflection prompt that is offered. Use this as an opportunity to deepen your knowledge of yourself and improve productivity of yours, performance of yours, and the well-being of yours. So we'll be talking about time management, we'll be talking about some mind shifts, and uh, so on and so forth. And from early January, we are going back to normal with new episodes every Wednesday morning dropping into your favorite podcast platform. So use this opportunity to catch up on your personal development and then join us for more insightful conversations with fantastic guests and now and then solo episodes where i suggest you some mind shifts or tools practical ones and just to explain a bit of the background for why i'm pausing the podcast right now this autumn i'm going through uh, teacher training so what i've 
I'm doing my usual work as a mind shifter and corporate trainer, doing courses, delivering workshops as a trainer and a coach, mentoring uh, startups, which is the pro bono work that I'm doing. And I have this part-time job that I've taken. Once I have figured out that I have burned out in the end of June, listen about that in the previous episode or like in the episode about the burnout from early July. Or no, it was in August actually that I released that episode. But then also I have taken on uh, some studies for myself. So I'm going through a, a yoga, yoga teacher training right now, the 200-hour training after which I'll get the certification. And I'm not doing it mainly for teaching yoga in the studio or somehow, even though I'm practicing that right now, but it will more be for me to add tools to my toolbox to make mind shifting even more impactful. I'm already using movement in the mind shifting. So when when possible, we'll go for walks with my clients in, the, in nature to really get the body engaged in the process and in the work that we're doing. But I do want to get all the tools that this teacher training is providing me about the functional um, anatomy, functional movement, and somewhat yoga philosophy that can help me connect some missing dots potentially for my clients and uh, in my mind shifting work. So this training is based on the method created by a physical therapist based in the US, Laura Hyman. And I have been doing yoga or practicing yoga with her online for some years now and absolutely love her approach. It really makes me more knowledgeable about my body, more mindful and self-aware about how I move. And that affects everything. It affects the energy levels. It affects the how we feel in our body, whether we we feel like we're getting older and it's it, it hurts just to get out of bed when you're in early 40s or whatever, uh, how I hear it from some of my clients, or whether you you feel energized, motivated, aligned, excited to live your life. I definitely belong to the latter category when I'm practicing uh, regularly with Laura and uh, her teachers. So this is what I want to bring into my practice as well with the mind shifting uh, with my clients. I want them to be more educated about their body and I want us to engage their body in our work more so that we can really integrate those parts of mindset work, emotional work, and physical work together. Because we are a whole being and we need to address all the things together. So this is what's taking a lot of time. Uh, It is an intense training. It's around 20 hours per week (laughs) that I suddenly need to get on top of my company work, the part-time job, and the family life, and my own training practice and whatnot. So I just feel like I could continue with the podcast, but I don't want it to be half done or when I can't really bring my best self to you and to the podcast guests. I don't think it's respectful towards your time. And I definitely not take, I don't take the time that you put into listening to this podcast lightly. I am grateful for that because it is a very valuable asset of ours. And I do want to show with my actions that I respect it. And with hand on heart, this would not be the best performance of mine to put out new episodes when I have so much going on on my mind uh, with uh, juggling these balls during the autumn. But the teacher training is finishing mid-December, then I'm preparing for the certification. 
getting that in early January, I will be all ready to bring new content to you. Maybe it will be also more about the body and how we can move better, to feel better, to live better, to love better ourselves and the others. So maybe there will be some shift with with the content based on all the insights, knowledge, and also personal journey that I'm going through right now with the teacher training. So stay tuned. I hope that you will take these last nine weeks of the year to revisit some of the most popular solo episodes on the show and continue learning more about yourself, deepening that knowledge, and really integrating the learnings that you're getting through the episodes. As always, I'm forever grateful for you being part of the Genius Leadership community. Please reach out on LinkedIn if you have any questions, if you have any reflections about this episode's content or anything in general connected to Genius Leadership. And let's uh, stay in touch and talk to you in the new year 2024. Love you, see you, feel you, and hope that this decision of mine gives you an example that an inspiration that you can be true to yourself and to your values and your commitments in a way that is not hurting either you or people around you talk to you in january thank you for joining us for this episode of the genius leadership podcast if you enjoyed the conversation hit the subscribe button please rate review and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.